Hey you, thanks for tuning into the Waiting List Podcast. I'm Long Long. I'm Daniel. And I'm Jacqueline. And we are three watch friends with a healthy obsession for watches. So sit back and relax with us while we chat with collectors, industry giants, and share some good vibes. Welcome back guys to the pod where I am joined by the absolutely irrepressible and adorable <laughs> Long Long Fun. And... Rob Report, Harvard grad, Jacqueline Lee. We have again Sebastian for a second episode, and today we dive into his watch journey. So welcome back to the show, Sebastian. Hello, everyone. Yeah. Right. <laughs> the way he said well, hello very is so British. There's an awkward silence. I point to second. <laughs> Hello. Hello, everyone. Oh, my God. We do something recently, yeah, not that long ago, where Jacqueline had to do it in a British accent. And we were in fits. Can you remember, Long Long? I can't remember what we asked her to do, but we said, do it in a British accent. Uh, We were just, like, on the floor. Yeah. I had to read something. Yeah. (laughs) Right. Um, If you missed the first episode... We had a general discussion and honest take on um, China and what it's like and what it was previous like. So that's very much worth listening to if you want to go back. In this episode, however, we focus on watches. So, Sebastian, yep. how would you describe your collecting philosophy? Mm, it's same like my approach to music. I want something different to to the mainstream focus. And um, I think it should be not that modern. And because of my limited knowledge of vintage watches and also budget, that's the primary reason, I think. And um, I'm not a, that uh, a vintage fan, I like uh, strict vintage pieces. Um, I think I'm more into the neo-vintage type, but it's hard to say the word neo-vintage without sounding instantly corny nowadays. And it's um, <laughs> but it's like I defend myself. I, I always like say something and apologies and retract myself. <laughs> Sorry for that. It's just uh, my um natural habit. But I think uh, yeah, I tend to avoid the the trend. That's the thing, and um, and I want a a watch. I want to apply my watch because I'm currently a dealer, an editor. Uh, for Uhu time now. So I want to apply the knowledge, my expertise and knowledge into the value, that, and into the watches I buy. Because um, I want them to, um, I want to, I want a piece that um, other people want them badly. I want to make them envious. That it might not be a healthy attitude, but... Um, At least you're I, honest. Yeah, I, 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 I just, and I also want this piece to be nothing pretentious or ostentatious. I don't want to, a shiny, a very recognizable piece on my wrist. I want to please the, the people I value instead of please the random like watch lover. And um, yeah, so so I, I don't know if that, that qualifies got, okay. or not. No, no, yeah. it's a, I, I get your answer, but I do want to ask, because you said like, I don't want to buy anything that's like too mainstream. That yeah. in itself is very subjective. How do you define what is mainstream and what is not mainstream? If people start to 
if a bunch of people to start to talk about it at a level that's not um, intelligent anymore, then I will walk away sharply. Please define to us what is a level that is no <laughs> longer this, intelligent. This because Every I feel I'm... like we would all fall into that category. <laughs> <laughs> you know, you know, I think, I think being cheesy is a crime. And if you pick a piece that everybody is talking about, it's so uncool to talk about it again. And what else can you contribute, right? And, um, and if you view a watch as a person, since he's got enough or she's got enough attention, then, then she's happy where she is. There's, he no longer needs my praise. So I will shy away from it. And um, yeah. So, so, that's so, so you are so you are incentivized to seek out the more under the radar, or shall I say, oh, I can't. I was gonna do it in British accent. <laughs> what was that? Do it, do it. How do you radar? Can you guys say it now? Just like Dan, say it. Say under, what? <laughs> under the radar. Say. Under the radar. Under the radar. Under the radar. Uh, uh, pieces so more hidden hidden gem like pieces so one something so would you say like because I feel like we've had this conversation before um, one something that you've liked has become an object of mass attention then you tend to shy away from those right yep yeah would you say it, it's similar to Jack the way you collect would you do you see similarities in the way you two collect we, wow, she, I do. She's she's more capable of like digging out the the rare watches across the world, and he's she studied like intensively about the the watches she like. I think I'm I'm nowhere near her level, but uh, yeah, I I, I what well, the one thing we share in similar is um is we both look for the next watch. I think. I I you know what the time. I, I think you're doing yourself a big disservice there, um, Sebastian, because. Your knowledge on Langer what? is insane. Like, yeah, the, the stuff that yeah. you know about, you're literally my Langer person, apart from Alp from Langerpedia. Like, I would, you know, I would go to both of you. Um, for I'm working on humility to be a rounded human being, but anyway, <laughs> um, yeah, I, I started well because Langer is everybody's, there's a Langer community in China, there's more and more Langer connectors, according to my like, um. Like collecting philosophy, I should now shy away. It's time to walk away from the brand, right? So I'm just not. And um, well, I like Lange because of um, I'm uh, I like watches because of I view them as a mechanical gadgets more than a like a accessory, a trendy accessory on my dress. Because um, I I wear Muji or Uniqlo all the time, not any fancy. I like simple clothes, so. Um, I'm, I'm more my first approach to watch collecting is always the mechanical part. So I like the the austere and um, rigid dial and the super complicated the mechanism behind it. I like that kind of combination. And by the time I, I, I fell in love with Lange, it was still relatively subtle and um, yeah, and affordable. That is oh, um, the, yeah. the interesting thing is, well. You know, in Langer, there are uh, 
don't know. I think that Langen collectors are also split themselves because you, you've got a few pieces there that I've never seen. And the detail you went into why you collected this piece um, was so detailed. You know, you've got, I don't know which one it is because I've forgotten it. I think, it, I can't remember what it's called. Mm -hmm. But you've got that blue, very dark blue langer with Arabic numerals. Um, and it's got a, I think it's a brushed finish on the dial. Uh, yeah, it's um, the first generation of the 1815, the three-hander. I think yeah. it was launched, um, the model was launched the, the year after the brand the rebirth, like in 1995, I think. And in 1997, they introduced this. Because in the the first couple of years, Lange is branding themselves as like traditional dress watch. So almost most of their watches are in uh, yellow gold with a few platinum versions. But um, in 1997, they start this uh, con contemporary like configuration with white gold and blue dial. And uh, this satin brush, the blue, and again, blue is a corny color nowadays. But anyway, <laughs> um, and they it was only uh, briefly produced within one year. I think um, slightly more than two hundred pieces were produced. It's not because of the just because of the rarity. It's also important. This it's such a subtle piece, and it's still not like price wise, not overly hyped, affordable, and such a wearable piece compared nowadays longer. And it's so, I mean like compact in terms of size, like 36 like millimeters yeah. and um, really, really thin three-hander. Yeah. And uh, it's just a perfect daily watch. And you can't see it easily given the number they produced. And uh, it's been almost 30 years. So most of the pieces will be kept in the, the first generation longer owner's hand. Most of them will be in Europe. So yeah, I'm very happy to have that piece it's, i can't um, think of selling it it's, yeah, it has a respectable status but it's it's such a daily piece and a pleasant piece to own yeah like you you know when i went to your home right and i was trying on the pieces like uh there was like a vintage lange one there was another i think lange one and then there was this piece and at the time you were saying which one would you pick and i, I remember finding it very difficult right but i tell yeah. you yeah that, First generation, um, did you say eighteen fifteen? Yeah. yeah, yeah, that's the one that stays in my mind. Like, that's the one I remember. That's the one I want to see again. Yeah, I'm so glad because, like I said, you you want the recognition from the people you value, and it's your. Oh, thanks. Yeah, thanks. it's very. I mean, I mean, I'll take that. I hope you of this watch, and but I will never give you anyway. But <laughs> uh, have another. Like um, Lange, that's similar to it. It's uh, the first generation. Jacqueline once owned it, I think. You bought it before me, I think. The the little Darth, the baby Darth, the platinum black dial Lange one. And the uh, first generation caliber, also 36 millimeters. And um, I think only 90 pieces were made. Stop. But Just of, stop um, talking about that watch. Uh, yeah, yeah, seller's remorse again. But but you you had a <laughs> love how he rubs it in collection nowadays. But anyway, I think I think it is because there there are much more famous Lange one models like the Honey Gold, the Steel, or even like the the the, the Handekunst uh, Hanover uh, Hanover Kunst series. But 
but it is that piece both affordable and in terms of and, and that's equally rare and i like the the small size of it i think i will it's a it's a long time keeper if not lifetime keeper and so i will always keep it i think and um yeah those are the two vintage like pre-richmond longer pieces i've been having for around three years already mm-hmm. and as a dealer it's a, it's a really long period you must <laughs> yeah and um and um and okay. i also have a relatively modern piece this richard Lange polo marit the three-hander the Lange introduced the model i think in 2009 and um they first released 50 pieces in platinum and enamel dial. And then next year, 200 rose gold enamel dial. And then eight years later, 2017, they released a boutique version, 200, another 218 pieces white gold black dial. And they're equally nice, but I always like um, white gold and, and the white metal. And um, so, and that, that version, that platinum version, ever since it's been introduced, it only appeared on the secondary market globally twice. And mine is the second time of this appearance. I'm very happy to be able to acquire it at the end of last year. I think I'll keep it for a very long time. I can't imagine myself selling it, actually. I swear, so, I swear you and uh, Jacqueline are like uh, Shoju Cool. You're like a data bank. Like how you can pull that, these facts, like these times and stuff. I can't do well, that. I just can't do I, that. I only had the that the the models like him and that, but like, but Jacqueline has a much much bigger. Yeah, <laughs> Jacqueline's like a yeah, Wikipedia at GPT. Yeah, yeah, chat. <laughs> so Sebastian, you mentioned yeah. in the previous episode that your collection is focused at around ten watches. Although having been to your house, I don't think I saw just ten watches. Right, so I'm not sure if you can count or not, but it's not ten. Um, <laughs> why, you know what? What made you want to collect like that, like limited to ten? Is it just limited budget? budget. Or... Limited budget is the main reason, I think. Um, I well, and I think most of us have watched this um, Hodinkee Talking Watches ex- episode called uh, Matt Jacobson. He's the the co shareholders of um, Facebook, and um, he had this one in one out theory. He only has six pieces. I think um, at that make I think if you have a limited if a ceiling of the amount of your watch collection and they make makes you appreciate the watch left more and uh, also the main reason is always because you all everybody have limited budget most of us right and um now i have more than 10 pieces as you said uh, since you last time you came to my apartment you've seen more than that i wouldn't call all of them are my collection it's just the watches i like but i haven't built up to, to that 10 pieces like um, collection yet because I only view four or five of them of them are uh, like collectible. I will keep them for a very long time. I have some other three or four pieces um, that I want to acquire in the coming year or coming two years. And um, yeah, but I, I, I know what I want within that limited budget for that 10 slots. And I know, I kind of know which direction to upgrade them but um okay. i'm open for any new ideas and change so can i ask like which 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 five watches are you happy with like what what are they the three longest i mentioned the current i have 
Another two as the um, thanks to Jacqueline. I'm really I haven't got a chance to really officially say thank you, but I just want you to know how much appreciation that you gave me that um, the Brigade tuxedo dial, the the first generation chronograph, and there was a Daniel Ross model, um, and um, I studied a bit after I got the watch. There's only three has been surfaced the white gold tuxedo dial since. It's launched, I think it was in the early 90s. So it's super rare. And because of the um, relative like disadvantage, like the, 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 the Brigade is not a very soft, like on the secondary market now. So I got it with a very, very reasonable like a cost. And um, I think it's the best buy in years. I mean, I can't think of a, a, a better expenditure in watches than this piece. Really, I've been having it. I've enjoyed it so much, and uh, so many people uh, show their envious on it. <laughs> so yes, again, <laughs> have to bring it up. <laughs> and, um, so Jack, um, did uh, Sebastian yeah. just keep bugging you for that watch or what? Oh no, no. Uh, I and, um, um, it was meant to be. I think the um, like the timing worked out, and of course. Uh, when you, I mean, I think it applies to all of us. When you trade or sell a watch, you prefer to get within a close group of people that you can always find and 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 see it again. So it just made sense. I would much prefer to sell to people I know at a lesser price than to people I don't know at a more higher margin. Hmm. Yeah, and. And the fifth one is also a Brigade, vintage Brigade. I think it's the the nineties piece in the Invest Corpera. It's a platinum uh, minute repeater, same size as the the chronograph, thirty six millimeters, as so hefty and substantial. And uh, the guilloche have five patterns on it. And um, I think I think they're so undervalued. The the eighties and nineties Brigade. Of course, the vintage brigade are equally nice, some of them, but um, it's really hard to find in the Chinese market. So, yeah, the, the minute repeater, I think I'll be keeping it for, uh, I can't imagine myself selling it again. Then, yeah, these are the five pieces, the five keepers I have. Then I have some other langers and other, some vintage pieces. I've had Patek Philippe 96. I have a, um, what, what was it? Have, yeah. Um, uh, some cards uh, yeah go ahead some Cartiers I've sold my um close because I, I don't know if I'm at liberty to disclose this but um we will there'll be a bespoke Cartier close felt so, like uh, there will be the sixth or the seventh unsellable watch in my collection so yeah I I, I had a platinum close but I've um, I've given it to a friend yeah okay Right, so would you say like you're obviously Lange focused, but is Breguet another kind of the brand you want to collect? Yeah, you can say that. Is so um, are the next five watches? What are the next five watches? Are they Lange and Breguets then? Uh, no, 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 no. I need more like diversity, <laughs> and I think the the other three watches. I don't know if you've heard of. I'm, I'm sure you've all heard of this independent Chinese watchmaker Qingan. Um, in the 
of getting uh, uh, the the next like uh, launch of his like new model, and um, I'm a fan of uh, uh, crayons anywhere. I'll be able to get a special dial next the end of this year, I think, um, because um yeah the the I find that the the dial is so like both both traditional and the contemporary in terms of its mechanism, and so romantic and the size wise is so like modest like compact. So it's I think it's again it's also very underappreciated, and um, yeah I'm open to other like uh, new finds. So these are you know, the watch. You know, like vintage. I don't know. I, like you lent me the minute repeater platinum um, brigade, right? And so that experience with it, I, I really, really liked it. How, yeah, I really you, like. You... How often yeah. I wear it? Like a lot. Yeah. You know, because I found it so accessorizable. You know, it was just so great with many things. I don't know mm -hmm. if it's because. You know, there's a lot of interest on Roger Smith and George Daniels, and there's similar design languages on on those mm -hmm. on those pieces, right? So yeah, it's, yeah. it's my appreciation, like because of that. But recently, and I was telling my my wife this, you know, I get a lot more resonance from Breguet and Langer than I would say like Patek. I don't feel that. Jacqueline yeah, is right, at least right now. I don't feel that connection. I've been into it. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, carry on. I don't know. I, I don't know if I, I almost feel like Patek's got too much flair for me, you know. Unless, but very specific. Obviously, Patek do lots and lots of watches, but mm -hmm. um, my personality. I don't want to say. Yeah, maybe it's just boring, you know. So I feel like I feel very um, rooted with I'm Langer. With you, do you know what I mean by rooted? Like very solid, you know. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, I think, I think, um, I'm with you mostly, but also I want to defend Patek a bit. Obviously, they made. If you if you just think of the watches they've been produced in the past century, and they had some really nice pieces, and the, the reason you said that, and I also resonate with what you said, is because, um, I think it's. The people that um, the tribe that vintage collectors a bit motley, I would say, they are. There's some of them they simply because Patek is the best, and they would think I'm worth it. Probably, I think I don't know if it's right to put them, put it this way. And also, you you obviously need to be very loaded to to be able to acquire the, 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 the yeah very. Sorry, yeah. so is is that the sorry? No, I just find <laughs> it funny because it's so colloquial. Like, yeah, 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 yeah. So, hmm. yeah, um, the, like the situation for me is I like particularly pieces, but um, I know what are the best. Like the 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 three nine seventy wouldn't interest me anymore because I know there's two four nine nine exists. And then obviously I wouldn't be able to afford it. I wouldn't, or at, at least I wouldn't spend all my budget, half of my budget on a, a generation one or two, like a two for nine, nine. And it, it's not worth it. So I, so I will like uh, unconsciously or naturally walk away from collecting or buying those brands or appreciating studying it. I think, I think, I think when I have an opinion or have a thought, I will first distance myself. Is it right to, think this way that particularly is a mere 
like a brand. But the answer is no. If I think it twice, it's just because I would. It's it's out of my league basically, and it's also because the the tribe is a bit motley in my opinion. Then very often you you come across a vintage Pate Philippe. If everybody were like Jacqueline, and I would be dying to, like, so I would sell my entire collection to get one of those best pieces because I would be one of the tribe. I would be able to like communicate, like uh, share and uh, experience the watches in metal with people like you. But um, it's very very often you will came across these kind of people, like、uh, which you don't resonate with, but、okay. for the brands like Tech. I, I don't、right. know if it's very opinionated to say this is a fair, but it's just my.、Thought. No, I think it's an extension of what I said. Actually, I don't. I do think it's.、Uh, you, you started、okay. defending it, and then you didn't defend it. <laughs> <laughs> Retractions. <laughs> yeah.、Um, one thing you kind of get from your story about the way you like watches is also rarity, right? Because you feel that en- you love that envious feeling that.、Uh, You, you garner from you know other collectors that admire what you have,、um, so you do enjoy the hunt for these watches because I know you know Jacqueline here does. And what hunt has been the most stunning for you? Ah,、uh, I know、uh, the first question is: Do I enjoy it? Absolutely, because I started the serious watch collection. Pretty much like after COVID, after I came, like after I quit from the Shanghai Symphony Orchestra, and、uh, by the time I had probably less than half million budget to buy watches, and because I、um, spend a lot of time like、um, digging the value and find the and、um, the the more the rarer watches, I think. I think I'm able to、um, triple the, the value of my current collection. I think I, I don't know if it's a healthy attitude, but I'm so, also at the same time so competitive in terms of applying my knowledge. I want to show people that、um, the the watch I bought, I've owned, are really something of a long term appreciation. That、um, people would,、um, there'll be more and more people would like it. Same like the Brigade I'm collecting. They really went for for like thirty thousand dollar. You can have a a Brigade Tourbillon, the the first generation one. And how insane is that? And it's so if you think of the handmade, like、uh, the craftsmanship. You, if you magnify the the, the hands and the, the engraving on the on the plate, it's no less inferior to any other. Top-notch independent brands. It is that high, so、um, yeah, yeah. To answer your question, and also, what is the biggest hunt for me? Yeah, the most stunning hunt. Yeah, well, the one that, most stunning. Yeah, the one that、um, is in your memory. It's not only in my memory. I still have it in my hand, and it's the I think it's a Polo Marito longer, and it's a watch I know. Since it was launched a few years, I think probably right after it was launched, and I've been dying to because I can't imagine myself having it in the first like it before 2015ish because it was the price was so steep. It's watch I can never imagine. I can never even dream of having it. But then gradually it's become accessible and affordable. And then by the time it appeared, and I just jump on like scavenger 
and um, yeah, I, I've got to have it. So, and it's still still in a relatively subtle uh, niche status, I would say, because when you think talk about Telangay Pulmerit, and people will instantly think of the the first generation, the the, the with a tourbillon at six o'clock, and obviously they are more uh, higher on the secondary market, the price one, and more famous. But um, I like the three-handers, like time-only watches, and I like complexity of Lange movements. And this is a perfect combination. It's still within the reasonable, like wearable size. So, Jack, what would you say your stunning story is? Because you are hunting all the time. Uh, I think more and more have I come down from just being obsessive about the hunt um like i enjoy the process a lot more than getting the watch does that make sense yeah yeah so but recently i haven't been i haven't been buying like much recently all I've been buying are like smaller watches um and yeah but in you mean like recently we're all uh from, no no of all time uh, yeah. all time okay then definitely the the second generation platinum 3970 the the watch <laughs> I lost that one that one is, you know, when Seb was saying about, yeah, I have a lot of watches I like, but I wouldn't consider them a part of my collection. I thought that was very thought provoking. And I um, was thinking about like, what would I put into my slots if, uh, if I had a finite uh, number of slots available? And I... The, the first one I thought of was that 3970 in platinum with the with the silver dial, white dial, the one that, that was lost in transit. And anything yeah. else, I have to, like, I can't, um, I can see myself live without. Like, if I had to go really extreme, that's the only, and really limit myself, that's the only one I could see myself putting it into the slot right now yeah do you do you now look back on that story and think that whatever happened about losing it in transit mm -hmm. actually adds so much to that watch now yeah the last time found that watch yeah. is not just a watch anymore that is i mean you guys know the story you guys know the emotional trauma <laughs> i took from that one month um I, I it was <laughs> like people are gonna be like oh you're so over exaggerating but it was for a very short you know amount of time at least for that one year like the most traumatic experience I I had um and when I look at that watch my memory goes to a place where I wasn't sleeping. I was, I I was. What what's the English equivalent of zohua rumo? Like, I was in a, oh. I was in a trance. Like, I was in a trance. Obsessed. Yeah, Obsessed. yeah. 
Yeah, but in a very sad way because I couldn't let go of the reality that I could have lost this watch. Um, and when it finally found its way back to me, because it would never have found its way back to me if I stopped looking. <laughs> I just think it's like some higher power was looking down on me and and uh, I used up all my luck of, of that year for that watch. Um, recently, recently, a good friend um, and collector I, uh, I met um, offered uh like a trade with uh one of his watches and some of mine and he and one of the watches he wanted was the 3970 in in second series platinum the one that I lost and the watch that he offered is one that I've I'll I'll show you guys like mm -hmm. after the recording but that is if I I'm I'm done with collecting you know um, yeah, whatever, whatever. When it comes to that, <laughs> and he wanted that uh, as one of the trades, and I said I can't do it. Like, and I, I, and I was sitting, I was like, you don't know what this watch means to me. This, <laughs> my life, like this is the lowest point of my life <laughs> had with a watch. And he's like, oh, okay, I didn't know that. Okay, let me look at some other stuff. Um. So yeah, that watch. Yeah, I know the feeling. Like certain memory mm -hmm. has a flavor. Every time you look at the watch, you can almost taste it. The the trauma and the, yeah. the, the rapture. The, it's the, the, all yeah. the memories. It's like, you know, if I have um uh if I develop dementia at when I'm old, I have a feeling that when I when I hold this watch, my my mind is just gonna go back to 2021 Vancouver midst of covid how i was scrolling on reddit like my muscle memory of being on reddit and the people i've dm'd randomly and begging people <laughs> and then me driving to the post office to pick it up and not opening it and just leaving it there all it comes rushing back didn't you contact the person on linkedin as well yeah, I I contacted um, <laughs> the CEO of FedEx Canada. <laughs> Wait, did he ever reply? Yes. No, and I found her Facebook, and I found she's an international <laughs> speaker, and I highly, highly contemplated on buying one of her like tickets for her next inspirational talk just to be there and be like, "Hey, can you help me with this?" you have been a great inspiration to me jack by the way like in terms of how to chase people for money not for watch. <laughs> yeah <laughs> because, like you know how i haven't been paid by this brand but now i have right yeah. and in the previous month i'm like how do i get this brand to like fucking just pay me right and oh, i was like God. okay reddit <laughs> linkedin <laughs> let me just go through the list yeah, book is the watch itself is, is is a masterpiece of stealth and the, and the stated like uh, itself is a, is is a great watch. Yeah, so that's yeah. that's important for me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. says says Seb says Seb that not that long ago what? said thirty nine seventies just don't do it for me. <laughs> <laughs> no, that, that's <laughs> generation. It's platinum. It's one of the rarest. That, that fits my philosophy perfectly. Okay, yeah. So you only <laughs> like it because you love the envy. Yeah, even better. Yeah, nice mixed, and also yeah. Anyway, I don't have to defend no, I mean, myself. You're just winding me. Even, 
Uh-uh. <laughs> <laughs> Even for Jacqueline, though, obviously, when you talk about traumatic watch stories, Jack, it's like one after the other with you. Do you know yeah. what I mean? There's always something with you. Like, yeah. it's like, Daniel, I've got this. Can you, like, you got any ideas? I'm like, like, how yeah. the hell did you get yourself into that I've, pickle? I've put myself in situations, I've put myself in situations where yeah. definitely I should have been more weary of. Um, but you know the one lesson I learned out of it and it's not a responsible thing don't do it but um, one thing is like you know if you want to make something work you can ultimately make it work but at what cost oh. right yeah, uh, at what cost <laughs> yeah at what cost so yeah right um, you mentioned the uh... Chingan. I want to spend a little bit of time on doing that, um, talking yeah. about that. Like, um, how do you see Chinese independent brands actually developing and coming to the fore? Because, you know, European ones are more or less pretty established. You know, there's just so mm-hmm. many now. American ones are also starting to get the recognition. And Jap- Japanese ones have, again, I would say, you know, pretty established. You know, mm-hmm. Do Chinese watch brands have an extra barrier of getting... Well- to be world uh, globally recognized just because of the fact that they come from China? Um, I don't have that much study on the, the entire Chinese independent watch make scene because um, um, it is because of the Uhu time is the um, official like dealer um, of the brand. And also I learned the brand before I joined Uhu time. I, I was fascinated by the story of is He reminds me of like Roger Smith or Beat Haldeman. It's like, um, one man in the, in the isolated island and the making it's it's the kind of the, the resistance resistance against the, the, the business norms because he's he's making all the parts most of the parts by himself and um and also the display of human patience is is so powerful and um i think in general and i view tinga as a person Rather than a Chinese brand or something uh, else, it's um, I think, um, well, Chinese products in general have a wobbly reputation of uh, from the whether it's Cold War media campaign or the the quality, the actual quality that produced their low cost products. But um, but uh, uh, at the end of the day, is is that person is um. I think he's no else different than any other independent watchmaker outside Switzerland trying to uh, make top-notch watches. Um, yeah, I just view him as a person. I'm, okay. I'm also proud, but who do I represent and who does he represent? It's just um, his personal story, really, like, um, powerful. Like, uh, like I said, the, the he's like the, the the human patience and um, the yeah the persistence. Mm. Yeah, mm. I like the way you put that. Yeah, I really like um, the way you put that. Yeah, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not a huge fan of um, like underlying or emphasizing he's a Chinese watchmaker. He's just a um, watchmaker outside the the main the, the industry. I'm also not a fan of uh, patriotism because the word patriot itself has a riot in it. And um, I think, um, yeah, I value him as a person. Have you ever gone get the chance to come to China? I'm a Jacqueline. Make sure you visit Chong, like uh, Chongqing, the city where he's based, and you'll be so 
amazed by the way he produced those like parts. He made himself like like small machine gadgets to produce to polish these parts as never before. And um, yeah, and he's a, such a like uh, pure and like innocent person at this age. You can't believe that he's from the late seven, seven like he was born in the basic cultural revolution era. And this really, yeah. How old is he? He was born nineteen ninety uh sixty nine, so he's a bit over fifty now. Yeah, fifty three four. Okay, so like, how in demand is this guy? Because I've you know I've got a lot of friends that want to get the piece from him, and you can't. Uh, so what is the what is the uh, yeah? How do you actually get a piece from him? <laughs> that's um that's you very. To I need to be in China. I, you have to know some. <laughs> uh, yeah, 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 yeah. Like, call me or text me after the the the, the episode, this interview. Anyway, I think he reached the, the current status or somewhat stardom from his first six steel watches, and um, never before a Chinese-made watch has this rounded feeling. There's no major flaw. You can instantly spot like the, the shape, whether it's the case or the movement or the layout or the design. It's You can clearly see that it's been rounded, like considered. And then that's what interests me. And how, what, what like who, or is there a team behind this? And the people will be equally in inquisitive like me. And, um, and later on, I think, this like this trend of independent brands really heated up and and he totally deserved this because before this he's been making watches for 10 years and um and um he has an instagram page now and he will post the the parts and the progress of the new model and you can already see and tell the difference compared with other non-switzerland brands it's really just toying himself to to reach the highest quality in terms of polishing, finishing, and um, you can you can see the quality of it. And what was the question? How to get one? Well, how hot is it? Is that was it? Yeah, how <laughs> hot is it? It's hot, right? Like it's it, it is hot. It is hot. Put it this way: the 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 the, the new. I think we were we're aiming to deliver ten pieces by the end of this year, and the we've received like uh, twenty. Um, deposits like for this new launch and we will try to deliver all of them by the end of next year at the same time and um, he's studying on the developing on the, a new complicated model i think we you will see the prototype hopefully around by the end of 2024 or 25 early 2025 that's the current plan it sounds very far but but yeah anyway you'll see yeah. it and um and after this batch there will be. I think he will continue make the the time only the the pastorale the series in probably different configurations or probably even different size, and um, yeah. But um, I can't see the possibility of making like more than twenty pieces every year. Like like he probably is the maximum amount we can reach in two years time, and we've already had a like a waiting list more than 70 but that's that's the before we stopped it like a couple of months ago we've already stopped at 70 and we yeah that is a yeah but wow but we 
but we our main focus currently is is how the quality of the the new model and how to yeah because because you'll see the prototype by the end of july okay yeah well yeah i look forward to seeing that and uh hopefully getting on the list (laughs) (laughs) um yeah that's the only reason why i brought it up actually okay well you can always text me and um and it's, <laughs> yeah. yeah or see you in person yeah well i'll i'll give me any like a great great one message of the phillips coming auctions on any pieces worth bidding or i can trade offline <laughs> <laughs> right um yeah i was gonna say well that's been a really pleasant conversation i mean i think that's a perfect place to end the podcast uh before we go on to the next round um fantastic Uh, yeah uh, thank you i'm enjoying the conversation and um yeah if i ever bored any audience they wouldn't be here still listening so there's no need to say like sorry but um thanks for who's still listening and uh, (laughs) (laughs) Well, Seb, Seb, we haven't quite finished because yeah. you still have a second round of reverso questions to do. So is that oh. any, like right now, it's me and uh, Jacqueline. All right. What questions do you have to ask? Oh, I'm not really preparing for it. But Jacqueline, what, what time are you coming back to China? Uh, there's so much want to do. You have a you have fan base. Is that you your reverso that? question? What time yeah. Are you want to, because he, Before Jack been, answers, yeah, like don't believe what she says. <laughs> A lot of audience want to know where she would be in the coming month. And then since I heard that you you have planned to come back to China and then they, yeah. 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 Well I'm uh, I'll be back this summer. Um mm-hmm. I just have uh a, a wedding. Uh wedding. Yeah, I have wedding. a wedding. Well not my wedding, my best friend's yeah. wedding. <laughs> 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 my <laughs> I have a wedding to attend and I'll be back yeah. after okay that's a bit out of blue of a wedding yeah okay looking forward to see you daniel you'll be here by then right uh summer yeah Yeah, if jack's here wherever look if jack makes it anywhere in hong kong or china right or china's so big wherever she is i'll fly to see her (laughs) i hope i hope she's like huh i'll be in shanghai i'll be in shanghai Uh, did you know how many i don't know like there are so many admirers of you, Jack, and I say that completely non-sarcastically, and I say it really considerately. Like there are so many admirers of of you and your photos and the way you collect. Like, uh, I you think... mean our group chat? <laughs> no, not our group chat, you fool. Okay. I mean, yeah. like, just there's collectors I meet because of Phillips, mm-hmm. and you know. It's very easy to talk very positively about you. Let's put it that way. They know yeah. me. That, that, that's you're famous. Wow. Anyway, it's a more serious question. And um, Jacqueline, where would you envisage yourself working if you were to pick up? You're 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 ready to pick up full time career, right? And um, where yeah. geographically? I'm not going to ask that like a specific questions but where would you th- feel think you'll be more comfortable it's uh, north america europe or asia somewhere is there any ge- geographical preference 
put it this way. That's a good question. And it's a very, uh, it's one that I've been thinking for, for a while. So obviously, um, to be closer to, to family and, and, uh, it will be in Asia, it will be in China, um, mm -hmm. which I long to do because I've been away from family for, 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 for so long. And there's been some for too long. Yeah. yeah and there's been, been some changes in my life where now I like start to value, um, family a lot more than, than I did before. I, I, I valued family before too but it's just now a more emphasized um version of myself previously um in terms of convenience definitely north america mm -hmm. like for travels for access to information and whatnot um but it's really up to to what i want to do right like mm -hmm. do, I want yeah. to, do i want to um proceed in the VC um, range, which my my work experience is at, or I want to try something new um, in either academia, advanced studies, or watches. Um, so I, I don't know. I don't know yet. I have to say, being back in the US, I'm very, very happy. And I've met lots of collectors and, and new friends here and also abroad in Europe I've met some you know mutual friends that we both have um and um like for example I was in I was in Parma with Tim just last weekend and yeah. so I can't I can't uh deny the convenience of being in North America um but I also, you know, I'll, I'll be back in China and I think I will have a more clear vision after I'm back in China this summer because I've been away for so long. So I think I'll, yeah. feel, I'll, I'll feel it within. Yeah. We all feel you're in your element in the past three years, like watch-wise and like geographical-wise, you enjoy the traveling from America to Europe and visit different watchmakers and that we're so envy about that. Yeah. Well, you can... And you're in london yeah i'll see you i think sometime before you come back to you'll be yeah you'll be surprised because i have a plan to yeah. europe before that um well, my last question is to daniel i actually i'm seeking your advice because um oh, really? and you know i plan of um i mean after like in a few years i'm i'm trying to like moving elsewhere because yeah. i i I want a place, a surrounding that um, more liberal politically. So I'm a theater guy. I like uh, watching shows and went to cinemas, and I need a place um, that, um, yeah, that entertains me more than where I am now. So, but I'm also worried about. Um, am I a too old a dog to learn to buck new tune? You know, just um, you will still. I mean, I'm okay with the food with the. I'm, mm. I'm more concerned the, of the identity issue because mm. um, you grew up in a yeah uh, yeah as, as as you have an Asian face you you were born and grew up raised in England yeah. Yeah. now you do to start a career in Shanghai what was yeah. the what was the 
motive behind this choice and is that your original plan you always wanted this way or it just happened to be anyway um yeah it's a very good question um i think it is like you know one i'm happy to share with you and i hope it helps your decision but um you know you i don't know much about your life in the uk but i know you were in london right and london isn't representative of the whole of the uk so Mm-hmm. I was uh, studying in Liverpool. Then I went to Chester for a year. Then I moved down to Northampton for six years. Mainly from Windsor. So just out of London. But very familiar with London. Yeah. Um, like. I can't. Envisage. Me living back in the UK
you know, going into your main part of your life, which is going to be your career, you know, at 25, 30, something like this. Mm-hmm. I didn't really, I didn't, wasn't, I wasn't convinced that, you know, that this was the place I wanted to be. Mm-hmm. And if you even look at uh, London, London is heavily, heavily reliant on um, the finance industry. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So, you know, I could see myself like living in London and, and being happy in London, I guess, and meeting a wide range of people and having fantastic discussions. But I'm not sure, you know, I would have really extended myself. Mm-hmm. So that's why I came to China, because I wanted to roll the dice again. <laughs> and I wanted to yeah. see uh, how far I really could go. And everybody was, and everybody still is banging on about China, mm-hmm. right? Like, because they see dollar signs. Um, and when I'm here, I do mm-hmm. feel like there are so many possibilities and opportunities. I know you've said in our private discussions, you know, it's it's not like what it was like 20, 30 years ago, 20 years ago. Yeah. But that should tell you, that says a lot about the UK when okay. I still feel there are so many opportunities in china right mm-hmm. so i guess that's the you know the, the the main thing i guess that's why i left well you, you've explained it really well and very insightful i think um yeah well yeah, no, it's a pleasure i think it's a very important question for you yeah because yeah, i yeah. hate to see you go there regret it and then come back and recognize that's some the of the things UK, i said definitely, definitely one of the yeah choices but uh, i want to move elsewhere where there's more like um like more liberal basically a, a major european city or american city that's that's the plan yeah, yeah. so the thing yeah. is like sebastian we, i think we've also had this conversation and i'm happy to talk about it on the podcast actually yeah which is you know we talked about like london and it being liberal liberal but then you've yeah. also mentioned to me and we we all know you can't wear your watches out in london it's it's not safe is it yeah and shanghai is super safe right well yeah and and yet you know you you lose the liberal side but you gain it somewhere else don't you bad about this yeah you have to yeah compromise with your privacy and yeah Yeah. so it, it, it is a kind of Having experienced life in both systems, I think Jack is also similar as well, and you definitely, Sebastian, is yeah. it's almost like freedom definitely comes at a price. Yeah. Yeah. And Can then I say like just one quick question. Um, yeah. is it is safe to wear watches in Shanghai because many people don't know what you're wearing? No, it's not because of that. It's because there's so many cameras everywhere. Like you can't get away with anything. Like and robbery is felony, and you'll be like, uh, yeah, yeah, like, you're, you're like bicycles don't even get stolen now, you know. Really? Is it that good nowadays? Yeah. Wow. Like, like remember, like I don't know if you remember, right, Super Sebastian? Was, like, yeah, your bicycle used to get stolen every time. Right? True. Nobody yeah. steals your bicycle anymore. Yeah, yeah, and yeah. you know, like, uh, your like Dianpingcha, you know, people used to like, uh, which is electric bike, by the way. Yeah, and they steal your After battery or something. You all that left is a wheel. That thing happens yeah. to everybody. Yeah, that doesn't happen. It's yeah, you feel yeah. so safe 
in, yeah. in Shanghai. Yeah. But I guess then there's the thing that the grass is greener on the other side of things. <laughs> it's, um, no, I definitely. Yeah. I wouldn't say, just, by the way, right? I wouldn't say easy, my life know? was always, easier. Yeah. I wouldn't say my life is easier. When that, when COVID was hitting um, China for those mm-hmm. last, or our last two, three years, right? A lot of people are asking me, like, why are you staying here? Right? Yeah. And I was like, thinking, yeah, okay, don't worry. I thought that question too. But the next question after you come to, the next question you ask is, well, where would I go? <laughs> right? I put it in this way. It's, it's sufferable, right? <laughs> it's just well, sufferable. I just think like, what's the alternative, right? Okay. It'll be either Hong Kong, which I don't think is doing that great. Yeah, it's a right? And then, yeah, exactly. And then they've got the UK. I'm like, nah, don't fancy that either. So... Mm-hmm. I just thought, well, you know, I'll stick it out. And, you know, I didn't think this was going to go on forever. So, so yeah, that's what I did. Yeah, you're you doing really well nowadays. Yeah. Can't expect to see. Can't wait to see uh, your next move. Really? Yeah. Yeah. It seems you're very fascinated by it, but we'll see. We'll see. I'm always, we'll see. I'm always, uh, growth is very important to me as I think it's yeah. important to everybody here. Um, yeah. So as long as I'm learning, I'm growing and moving on to the next thing and and there to try, then yeah. you know, I'm sure I'll get to where I need to be. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, very good question. But we now um, move on to the final round, the pump push around. Okay. Yeah. So number one. Have... Okay. Yeah. One thing that you wish you could bring back from the past. Sorry, the internet isn't. Okay, I'll ask that question again. One yeah. thing that you wish we could bring back from the past, or you could bring back from the past, that one good thing you think is really good. Oh, a discman, a CD walkman. I mean, mine's broken, but I can't have it fixed anywhere. And I have so many CDs, and it's um, yeah, I enjoy the the time and the. The inconvenience of listening to music from a CD because you have to be patient to wait on to the right to the track that really please you and that also give you the opportunity to try other stuff. So and it's so cool to have uh, like um, like a disc man you know, walking on the street, have it on your <laughs> like tied to your belt. So yeah, that's the <laughs> thing. Yeah. Right. Okay. Number two. I want to make, yeah. What is your most prized possession? Huh. Well, it's not in terms of value. I, st- I still view those CDs, the, the entire CD collection, as my most um, precious asset. Um, it, they worth nothing, probably less than, probably the same amount as my Poulomarit nowadays, but... Um, it's what fought me nowadays in terms of my uh, like general philosophy, my approach to anything from the I can clearly I can you, you won't believe it. Every single CD, I can tell you when and how much I bought them. And wow. um, I, it's just, just literally every single one of them It's just um, it's like buying a watch. You have to study before you pay. Right. And um, it's uh, and it also reminds me of the different phase of my life, what my tastes were like, what my understanding of the 
the music or in general aesthetics um a different phase of my life so yeah that okay. is my big yeah good answer right number three tell us one interesting thing about you that none of us know oh i pee when i'm showering is that interesting thing um, it's, it's, um oh it's, sorry <laughs> Don't we all? <laughs> Didn't expect that one. Oh, what? And I'm, I'm, I'm very, okay. I love it. Yeah, I'm very yeah. cautious of talking about myself. Interesting thing. Um, no, no, we'll leave it at that. That's really good. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Thank you. Right. Yeah. yeah, that can be the title of your uh, episode. <laughs> yeah. All my friends will see. <laughs> anyway. um, right uh yeah. number four your favorite toy as a child and I by really the way can... i'm never gonna shower in your shower <laughs> I, I think my favorite toy is a Ru rubik cube and it's a wooden one it has six colors on six sides oh i forgot um, you love those little uh, puzzles those wooden puzzles I, I love, I love puzzles. i'm a puzzle yeah. guy yeah i'm a yeah uh, my friend called me, my friend Dave called me a nerd. I'm the thing, um, yeah, that's yeah, I think you me. are. Yeah, because, yeah, it's very hard to ask me out to have dinner or hang out with. Um, just, I always prefer to to stay at home and uh, whether it's listening to music or play with my, like, that, yeah, like my puzzles. And the, the Rubik Cube, and um, I still enjoy playing it. I can solve it within 30 seconds. I know the world record is like five, six seconds. Yeah. Um, yeah, I, I think it is a quite an achievement. I mean, I mean, <laughs> I don't want to yeah, sound like a, like a complacent fuck, but um, at this really... It's okay. Quite this a, isn't a dating yeah, podcast. Third, I don't think you've been doing very well. Third, third <laughs> like being in the shower and playing Rubik, Ask around and how many people can do that. And um, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Right. Um, next one. Bangers and mash or Jianbing? Oh, Jianbing. Definitely. Okay. Jianbing. Yeah. 100%. Okay. Yeah. Right. Number six. One thing that you hope to achieve this year. Ah. Um, sorry. I, I know you're expecting a quick answer, but I, I never no, said myself. Okay. Yeah, I never said because either you get there you you don't get there you name yourself a failure or you get there you ask what's the point of i think what well, i don't i don't do that yeah i just go okay. with it sorry yeah no, that's very good but i want another watch another better watch and that's one thing i can i can name a few but yeah name it okay name, name, name it. it yeah name <laughs> oh i want i want my crayon to be delivered by the end of this year i also want to be myself to be on the waiting list of howdy men i i want to travel to his studio and um tell him how badly how, what an admirer of him i am and um yeah i'd see what I, if i can get a yeah edge 11 or edge 12 yeah did you not reach out to the person i told you to reach out to i did but uh quiet then nobody responded yeah probably he's or she's been asked by so many people and she couldn't bother to reply the random oh i forgot to mention i was introduced by jacqueline yeah i should do that I but, can i ask can i, can I ask yeah. uh, seb you know yeah. like 
you go to these people you're looking to get a piece right and you know how difficult it is and they and they don't and they ignore you right does that yeah. change how you treat people when people approach you about the chingan do, first, do, you, not, do you ignore them as well i'm not the decision maker at first of all, just so i won't receive many messages <laughs> so um, generally i'm not the decision maker and all um and i wouldn't I wouldn't just um, guilt trip other people. Okay, because I'm a fan of you, you have to give me. I wouldn't even go and tell him that I just want to watch, and that I'm, I would really be shy to request that. If 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 it is my first visit, I think it's mm, it's not. He'll be bothered, but I just want to know or interview him because we also write articles. I also know more about him. That's it's a genuine like a wish and i want to see his workshop myself and um yeah i can well Haldeman isn't that it is hot but it isn't super difficult compared with your cherry happy i can still probably get from secondary market or auction house in the in the coming month if i really like pay attention to it but um yeah what i really want is to see the person and um yeah to learn more about yeah okay um the next one number seven your favorite movie of all time um kiosrovsky's three color trilogy red if if any of you i might heard talk, of that it's a french art house film it's um you, you know the three anyway just um it's a it's a it's a it's a, it's a french film about um Okay. It's, it's a public maker and um, you, yeah, check it and you'll see. Okay, actually, this is an extra one then. Because yeah. your experience, what's your favorite play of all time? Play? Huh. Yeah. Well, I mentioned the one, The History Boys by Alan Bennett. Okay. I've watched it. I am privileged because being an older dog to be able to watch the first edition uh, the, the national theater uh, uh, version in 2006 or 2005 forgot uh, i was there and witnessing the best cast of that play and um and i even watched the the film of the original crew they made they made a film out of the play several times every time there's a friend well, if there's a friend from other city would sleep over at my place or introduce this is one of the film i would introduce to him or her so yeah, I'm a okay. fan of that. Okay, next one. Tell us one thing that you've done that changed your perspective on life. Just one thing. Oh, studying abroad. I think that's definitely Alex. I uh, that that's. I think studying abroad is um, um, missing chapter of my life in my early twenties where I should, but it was like because um, that by the time I was graduated, it was two thousand three. It's like a, it's it's like getting a Virgin spaceship ticket if you are, like for me, I'm at the time, <laughs> um, we uh, the family couldn't afford it. It was it wasn't a common thing for the generation of that time. So I saved up for for the for my master course in the at the age of twenty nine, and um, yeah, I'm very proud of it, and that really forged my. Uh, current, like uh, who I am, the the way I think, uh, I, I perceive things, 
But it was an easy decision that time because I've been doing quite well in my first job, and I just got a new flat, and、um, yeah, everything was so went so smooth, and、um, yeah, people would keep questioning me why why did you do the thing that、uh, only like a young graduate would do, and where you already reach、uh, quite okay status in your professional career. So yeah, I'm very proud of, and it's. I don't know if you can relate to that, but because it was like almost fifteen or twenty years ago, I'm not like thirteen years ago thing. At the time, that、um, people would view professional life way more important than other matters in China in my generation. Okay. okay. Right. The last one. One thing from your bucket list. Hmm.、Huh. It's, I think、um, I can't think of one.、Um, yeah, another puzzle. I think I'm still a puzzle collector.、Um, yeah, it's just、um, uh, a limited edition. Again, it's like same, like we guys collecting watches from a Japanese、uh, puzzle maker called Akio Kame.、Uh, uh, another puzzle, I think.、Mm-hmm. And compare things. We, I think, it changed my. Feeling of buying another watches about another another puzzle because it used to be relatively expensive for me. I would always hesitate which one to choose, but I'm not now. Just、um, yeah, without too much hesitation, because compared with watches, they are nothing. Yeah, and I'm still expect my puzzle collection.、Mm. Okay, Seb. Well, that was the last question on the、uh, yeah the pump push around. That's the end of the、hey. interview. How did you find、oh. it? Nerve wracking. It's just <laughs> you didn't give me any clue or hint or what、well, I'm going to be asked. But yeah, <laughs>、uh, yeah. well, so, yeah. you know, we're all friends here, and I enjoyed、yeah. it, and it was a lot of fun. And、um, I'm glad, you know, you have a great relationship with Jacqueline because I could really feel that as well in the in the podcast. So that was great.、Um, uh, Just like to say thank you again for agreeing to coming on to come on and、uh, no, speaking so honestly, even about peeing in the shower. You know that will、uh, go down as like I, legendary I,、um, podcast material for sure. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but、um, yeah, I'll see you soon, my friend, and、uh, take care. And thank you everybody for tuning in. We'll see you guys on the next one. Thank you. Bye. Bye. As always, thank you for listening to the waiting list podcast. We hope you've enjoyed it as much as we have. And if you have any questions, comments, or feedback, feel free to reach out to us at the waiting list podcast on Instagram or via our private accounts. We'll see you on the next one. Bye. Bye. Bye.